up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hire somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. My name is Travis Sparks, and I cheer for Illinois athletics, and I obviously do not deserve good things. And Eric Fry. I have honestly no idea. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to the starting lineup here on this Wednesday, November 23rd. Eric Fry here, Travis Sparks, not there. So just like he did a solo show yesterday, I'll do a solo show today. And I'll tell you what we got coming up here on this show. Of course, we got all your high school basketball action from last night. It was opening night for boys basketball. Well, not necessarily. Some started on Monday, but a lot of them started last night. We'll tell you all about that. We'll also look at the schedule for today. It's a jam-packed schedule here in local sports going on here Later on today, I'll also get to some NBA, NHL, if possible. On the podcast, we'll talk to you about the NFL going on tomorrow, as there is no starting lineup tomorrow here on this Thanksgiving Eve, or Turkey Eve, if you want to start calling it that. I'm trying to get that going, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyways, glad you're with us here on this Wednesday edition of the starting lineup. Got lots to get to, and let's just go ahead and jump right into the show. Before we get into the show, first things first. And we're starting out first things first with the start of high school boys basketball, specifically for the two teams that we cover, the Cumberland Pirates and the Altima Indians. Let's start with the game I was at as Cumberland was at their own Thanksgiving tournament. They took on Marshall in that first round matchup, and Cumberland got off to a quick start. And then in that second quarter, things kind of died down. They led 18-9 to after that first quarter of play, but Cumberland mustered nine points in that second quarter quarter so they went into the halftime with a 27 to 18 lead and it was kind of like uh oh here we go like this offense you know last year I remember specifically saying on the broadcast and I remember it in you know games from last year that I covered there always seemed to be that one quarter that Cumberland would just kind of let you down on offense a little bit there was always one and it's like uh oh here we go this is that that one quarter can they rebound can they come back into it because again like I said it was 27 to 18 at the half so it's only a nine point game 
game. But after that, Cumberland would come out, put up 19 in the third quarter to take a 46-27 lead after three, and then they outscored Marshall 20 to 3 in the final quarter to get the 66 to 30 win. So Cumberland gets a win in their opening game of the season. They're led by Gavin Hendricks who had a double-double with 22 points and 11 rebounds. He wasn't the only one with rebounds or points. Jackson Bolt had 12 points and 9 rebounds. Trevor McGee had 10 points and 5 rebounds. Also Kelby Bierman off the bench with 9 points and 4 rebounds for the Pirates. Max McElravey had 6 rebounds as well. Cumberland as a team Shot 27 of 46 from the field for 58%. And from three, they were three of four for 75%. And last year, I remember that was a thing that Cumberland would just force up those threes. They wouldn't try to work it around. They just put up those threes, had some low three-point numbers, talked to Coach after the game, and Coach Radel said, yeah, that's something that we've worked on. You know, we said that we're we can't come out here and just put up threes and hope to win. That's not the way this team is designed. And if you look at this team, it's not designed that way. It's designed to go inside with Hendricks and Bolt and McGee. These are big kids who can really dominate a paint if they want to. And we saw that last night against Marshall. They were able to get the ball inside multiple times. They were able to win the rebounding battle. They out-rebound Marshall 36-16. to That was a discrepancy in the rebound battle. They also forced 22 turnovers. They did have 17 of their own turnovers. So that's something that I know Coach is going to want to look at. But overall, I think a great first night for the Cumberland Pirates. So Cumberland gets their season off with a win. They will advance to the winner's side of the bracket. And who will they face? Well, they will face North Clay. As North Clay got the win up at the Cumberland Thanksgiving Tournament, they defeated Newton 63-62. to And that was a hard-fought game as well. Came down to the wire, and it was... 31 points, that's right, 31 points put in by Logan Fleener to really help carry that team. Uh, it looks like uh, 21 points as well there for uh, Alex Booz for North Clay. So between those two guys putting up 52 on their own, that's how they got their 63 points to get them the win. It was just enough. Newton was led in scoring by Nichols. He had 22 points, and it was 14 points as well for uh, Wolf and 12 points as well for Geyer. So Newton had that advantage and, and you know had multiple players scoring there, but unfortunately just wasn't enough for the Newton Eagles to get the win. And North Clay will start off their season with a strong win, especially that second quarter. They put up 21 points in that second quarter alone to really get them back into it. As after the first, they actually trailed by seven. It was 19 to 12. But then that uh, second quarter really kind of put North Clay ahead, and they wouldn't look back from that point forward. So uh, North Clay getting the win there ended up advancing to the winner's side of the bracket by 1.63 to 62. And what was a, uh, from all intents and purposes, from looking at the score sheet anyways, a great game up there at the Cumberland Thanksgiving Tournament. So that is what happened up in Cumberland. Well, what about Altamont? Well, they went on the road and they had to make a two and a half hour, 288 mile round trip to Morton for their season opener. And unfortunately, the Indians saw the season start 
with a loss, 64-53. Now, the game started out great for Altamont. They went on an 11-0 run to begin the season. They came out and played Altamont Indians basketball. Fast, in control, great defense, caused five turnovers by the Morton team uh, in that opening quarter. Mason Robinson, Avery Yarhouse, Wyatt Phillips, and Eric Coleman all got Altamont out to that early lead. Morton eventually, though, did get it together, got on the scoreboard as the foul started to mount for Altamont as the uh, Morton Potters battled back and had the deficit down to 16 to 10 after the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, it was a reverse of momentum as it was Morton who adjusted Altamont style and forced seven turnovers in the second and getting Robinson and Coleman both in foul trouble. That helped the Potters take the advantage. They went on an AO run, regained the lead. They never looked back. Altamont, though, tried to keep it close. They only trailed 26-24 at the half. Morton, though, extended its lead after the half with three points shooting, catching fire as Gus Regard had a couple of threes, as did Tate Rowley, who got it going with the three-pointer as well. So Morton would put 20 points in the third quarter, extended it to 46-37 after three. In that fourth, Rowley continued his scoring role as he had 12 in the second half alone. Altamont tried to keep it close. Yarhouse finally getting it going from deep, making uh, three from beyond the arc in the final quarter alone. However, Morton just made those first half adjustments, out-rebounded the Indians. Altamont could never respond, never made adjustments on their own. So Altamont, even though uh, Robinson had 16, Yarhouse had 14, Coleman had 8. Uh, the, the poor shooting for Altamont, really. They shot 28% from the field, 12 of 41. They were 42% from three-point land, 6 of 14. And Morton shot 46%. So whenever you're getting, you know, 46% from the field to 28% of the field, it's very hard to come back from, even though Altamont did shoot better from three than Morton did. They also shot uh, about the same, but Morton shot a lot more free throws, 11 of 13 compared to just five of six for Altamont. So Altamont falls there in their opening contest. They are now 0-1, and they'll have some time to think about it. They're out for a week. They'll be back in action next Tuesday where they have their home opener and homecoming when they take on the Cumberland Pirates. That'll be a fun game for us to broadcast. That Cumberland Altamont game uh, is always one of my favorite ones every year, and uh, I get to see uh, uh, Travis and Dominic there broadcasting it for Altamont. I'll be broadcasting it for Cumberland, so it'll be a, a fun time over there in Altamont. Always such a great atmosphere to see a game, and you know Altamont's going to want to turn around and, and get a win here, and this is one of those things where you probably wish you had another game coming up on maybe Friday or Saturday to kind of get the taste of this uh, loss out of your mouth, but unfortunately for Altamont, they have uh, some time off now to think about the loss and, and get better and improve, and that's what uh, you know they're going to be doing, and that's what uh, Coach Nieberge is going to have them ready to go there. So Altamont takes the loss here last night, fall to and one and there's something about going two and a half hours and 288 miles round trip to lose. Ugh, that's, that's a long, lonely bus ride back, let me tell you. So Altamont falls to 0-1 after the 64-53 loss up in Morton. But hey, if you think we're done with high school action, you are not even close. we got a lot more basketball coming up along the way, as well as some junior high basketball that happened last night as we crowned regional champions. That's all on the way, coming up next here on The Starting Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, The Starting Lineup. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. David Hill with the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatricians have heard all the questions. How big will I be when I grow up? Do I like unicorns? Why do we have to eat our vegetables? 
Why is poop smelly? If I get sick, will my brother get sick? Why should I get a COVID shot? When will COVID go away? If you have questions about the COVID vaccine for your child, call your child's pediatrician today and schedule a time to talk. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. It's finally deer season and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats where quality and convenience meet tradition. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP-LOUISIANA, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. And now, so we teased it, all show, Eric, break the news. Eric, are you there, my friend? The starting lineup. Okay, we have uh, has uh, left the call, so we have dropped Eric. So, unfortunately, we will uh, have to stick around next week. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back into the starting lineup. Eric Fry hanging out here on a little solo flight for you on this day before Thanksgiving. You know, there'd be lots of turkeys that if they could would be having a little solo flight out of here, but they can't. And we will be uh, dining on them tomorrow. Or maybe you're one of those people who don't like turkey. Either way, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Again, there is no starting lineup tomorrow. We will be back for your Friday edition coming up Friday, but we still have quite a bit of show left to get to so let's 
dive on into the St. Anthony Thanksgiving Tournament. And it's like we said, a lot of high school tournaments going on in the area. We'll start in the first matchup of the night as it was Mattoon taking on Rantoul. Mattoon got the loss, I should say, 51-50 to against Rantoul. Larson had 15 points for Mattoon. Grace had 12, but it wasn't enough for the Green Wave as they fell to Rantoul, who had 51. Atkins had 13, and Smith and Martin each contributed 10 for Rantoul. So Rantoul picks up the win there in that pool play. Next, it was Effingham as they had to take on Breeze Central, and it was Breeze Central getting the 58-32 to win over Effingham. Effingham, unfortunately, fell down early, 12-6 uh, after the first quarter, and then they got outscored 18-7 to in that second quarter. So they uh, trailed 13 uh, to 30, and it's a long way to come back from when you're down like that. Effingham was led in scoring by Wolf. He had 12 points. No one else broke double digits, though, for the Hearts. So it was a tough night there for Effingham as they will try to rebound. Bree Central, by the way, was led in scoring by both uh, Sherridge and Hubert, uh, Schubert, excuse me, who had 11 points each. Uh, Kepper also had uh, 10 points for Breeze Central. And in the nightcap, it was to Topless as they took on Highland. And it was Topless getting the win in this one, 48-36. to Tatopoulos led just by three, 11 to eight after the first quarter, but after the first half, it was all Tatopoulos. 29 to 12, they led after the first half as they outscored Highland 18 to four in that second quarter. And it was all cruise control from that point forward for the wooden shoes. They were led in scoring by Seimer. He had 16 points. Excuse me, Seamer had 16 points, as well as Nieberge had eight as well for Tatopoulos. So the wooden shoes will move on and uh, gets that win in pool play, and they'll all be in action again later on today. We'll tell you more about that coming up in just a little bit. All right, let's move over to the Mulberry Grove Turkey Tournament as it was Lebanon getting the 46-32 win over Mount Olive. Father McGivney got the win over Patoka Odna, 59-55, and it was in the nightcap. It was two conference foes as Cowden Herrick Beecher City took on Ramsey and it was Ramsey who got the win there in that final quarter getting it 64 to 55 Ramsey outscored uh, Cowden Herrick Beecher City 16 to 6 in the first quarter it took CHBC a little while to get the offense going in the second quarter but they did outscore Ramsey 16 to 13 in that quarter but still trailed at the half 26 to 22 Ramsey then outscored Cowden Herrick Beecher City by 3 20 to 17 in the third quarter pushed their lead to 49 to 38 heading into the final quarter before they got the win 64 to 55. Ramsey is one and one overall in the season, one and one in pool play. They will play their final pool game on Friday when they take on Patoka Odin, Count Harry Beach City, 0 and 1 to start the season, 0 and 1 in pool play. They'll be back in action tonight. And we'll tell you more about that coming up in just a little bit. All right, let's go to the Schlarman High School Topper Classic as we had Paris over there representing our area, and unfortunately, they fell to Covington, Indiana. Final score on that one, 50-38. Then let's go Tri-County Thanksgiving Tournament as it was Villa Grove picking up the win against Tri-County in a matchup between two Lincoln Prairie Conference teams. They got the win over Tri-County, 78-34, so a big win there for Villa Grove. And it was Martinsville who fell to Judah Christian also there at the Tri-County Thanksgiving Tournament. Final score of that one, 55 to 52. 
other action, South Central. They got the win over Flora, 54-44. This was not a tournament or anything. This is just a regular game. South Central trailed by three at the half and by four going into the fourth quarter, but they were able to come up with a 21-point quarter to come away with the victory on opening night. They're going to be in action on Tuesday again. Will South Central, Aiden Dotson, led the team with 19 points as Benoa had 14 points as well for South Central. On Tuesday night, they will travel to Ramsey to take on the Rams there. Uh, other action going on in our area at the uh, high school level there, the Thanksgiving tournament at Saragordo. Hayworth got the win over Shelbyville, 49-44, and it was Windsor Stustross who defeated Leroy, 47-41. It came out yesterday that uh, Coach Bob Lockhart is no longer going to be coaching for Windsor Stustross. He's accepted a position as an advisor at Eastern Illinois University to Panthers basketball coach Marty Simmons. So because of that, the Stustross board has scheduled a special meeting for Monday night to discuss hiring an interim boys head basketball coach and assistant basketball coach. So right now, there is no head coach for that Windsor Stu Strauss team. Um, because of the co-oping of the sports between Stu Strauss and Windsor, it's Stu Strauss' responsibility to find uh, that coach. And they're going to talk about that at their meeting coming up this Monday, the 28th. So an interesting situation there for Windsor Stu Strauss starting out the season uh, without a coach, but they got a win last night there at the Thanksgiving tournament up in Sarah Gordo, 47-41 over Leroy. Also in non-tournament action, it was Arthur Lumptam and Hammond getting the win over Sullivan. Final score on that one, 46-43. All right, let's move on to high school girls basketball, and we'll go to the Cowden Herring Beach City Thanksgiving tournament, as a lot of area teams were in that one in the opening game last night. Cowden Herring Beach City got a 67-22 win over Ramsey. Counter Beach City took a 16-5 lead after one quarter and pushed that to 35-14 at the half and did not look back. Ramsey was held to just eight points in the second half as Cameron Harry Peach City went on to that big win, 67-22. They're now 3-0 on the season, 1-0 in the tournament. Ramsey falls to 0-4 on the season, 0-1 in tournament play. Cameron Harry Peach City will take on Windsor Stustross and Brownstown St. Elmo on Friday. So they'll take on both those teams on Friday. Ramsey will play Brownstown St. Elmo and Windsor Stustross as well on Friday. Also uh, on Tuesday, Brownstown St. Elmo got a 45-32 win over Windsor Stustross, so they are 3-0 on the season. They'll face Ramsey uh, at 1.30 and Counter Herring Beach City at 4 o'clock on Friday to finish pool play. So, to me, that is going to be a big one. Counter Herring Beach City taking on Windsor Stustross Friday at 4 o'clock there in the that part of the tournament. Uh, big scores on the night were uh, for Counter Herring Beach City. Macy Robman had 19 points. Gracie Heckert, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, and Madison uh, Wojcik had 9 points and 11 rebounds for Count Herrick Beach City. Carmen Olson also had 10 points as well. Ramsey uh, scoring Jenny Mezzo had 10 points. And Brownstown St. Elmo, Lexi Seaball had 18 points. And Natalie Beal had 10 for Brownstown St. Elmo in that one. Also, uh, Dietrich got the win over Red Hill in that tournament, 49-14. to at the Oakwood Comet Classic, it was Tri-County getting the win over Casey, 65-17. Tuscola got the win over University High, 
50 to 14 in that tournament as well. Non-tournament action, North Clay defeated Weber Township 58 to 38, and Paris got the win over St. Joe Ogden 51 to 21. Junior high girls basketball last night, Class 1A Martinsville Regional. We have a champion. Congratulations to the one seed North Clay as they defeated the three seed Martinsville 22 to 19 to win that regional championship. Class 3A also had two regional champions crowned yesterday, St. Joe Regional. It was the one seed Paris Mayo defeating the two seed Arthur 37. 7 to 5 and in the Totopolis regional it was a two seed Newton defeating the one seed Totopolis 33 to 30. So regional championships being crowned in junior high 7th grade girls basketball yesterday and we'll have more crowned later on today. We'll tell you more about that coming up in just a little bit. In fact, let's get to that schedule right now. High school boys basketball for this evening. We'll start at the St. Anthony Turkey Tournament. They'll be Highland taking on Matt Toon. Robinson will face Effingham in the second game of the day. And in the nightcap, St. Anthony will take on Breeze Central. The Mulberry Grove Turkey Tournament, St. Elmo Brownstown takes on Lebanon. County Harry Beach City will take on Patoka Odin. And in the final game of the night, Mulberry Grove will take on Mount Olive. Tri-County Turkey Tournament, Villa Grove takes on Chrisman. Martinsville will take on Oakwood. Judah Christian will take on Tri-County. And at the Sarah Gordo Turkey Tournament, Windsor Stustros, again, with no coach right now, takes on Argenta. High School Girls Basketball, the Bob Kearns Tournament, Effingham will take on Flora in the first game. And then Newton, the host Newton, will take on Altamont, Lady Indians. That game at 7.30 can be heard over on 105.5, 100.5 Jack FM. Altamont still undefeated on the season. We'll try to keep that going against Newton, who fell to Effingham in a close game on Monday night. They'll try to turn it around here in front of the home crowd on this Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. So that again, 7.30 over on 105.5, 100.5 Jack FM. Oakwood tournament for high school girls basketball as well. Westville will take on Casey. Tri-County will be in action as they take on Oakwood. Junior high girls basketball for this evening. We're crowning more regional champs. Class 1A, Sigel St. Michael Regional will be the one seed. Pena takes on the two seed Sigel St. Michael. Class 2A at the Seidel Salt Fork Regional. One seed Parish Crestwood takes on the two seed Armstrong Ellis. The Casey Regional will be the four seed Oblong takes on the three seed Albion. And at the St. Anthony Regional will be the one seed Altamont taking on the two seed Windsor Seustraw. So that is a look at some of the games going on in the area tonight. It's a jam-packed night. Yesterday was a jam-packed day as well. It's only going to get busier coming up on Friday. A lot of these tournaments continue. Some of them will conclude. And then on Saturday, some more of these tournaments will finish up as well. And we'll get all that action for you, as well as recap all the games tonight on Friday's starting lineup. Look forward to that as well. Well, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will take a look at the college football. As last night, we had the college football playoffs make their announcements as well. And we'll tell you, well, I'll give you my thoughts on who I think is going to get in as well. That's all on the way. Coming up here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Imagine the possibilities with Totopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business. 
and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. It's finally deer season, and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate, so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats where quality and convenience meet tradition. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Pennzoil Platinum can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $38.99. Get everything you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,200 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, Hello. and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSafe. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. And now, like, I love the movie Draft Day. It's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. No joke. The starting lineup. Blues Brothers. Yeah, the original. Not 2000. That one stinks. Wayne's World. Inception. You got four with Draft Day. Oh, The Godfather. Now that, that is a worthy top ten movie right there. Yep, I'll give you that for sure. I got one from Travis out of five. Yep. Yeah, I'll give you that one. (laughs) On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. The St. Louis Blues seek their eighth win in a row when they visit the Buffalo Sabres at Key Bank Center tonight. The Blues have been streaky to begin the year, winning their first three games before losing their next eight. Since then, St. Louis is on a seven-game winning streak following a 3-1 to win over the Ducks on Monday. Blues are in fourth place in the Central Division with 20 points and a 10-8-0 record. Tonight's game begins at 6 o'clock. Major League Baseball is announcing the winner of the 2022 National League Comeback Player of the Year. And is it any surprise? St. Louis Cardinals designated hitter Albert Pujols earned the award in his final big league season. The 42-year-old hit 24 home runs and posted an OPS of .895 in 2022. He also became the fourth player in league history to hit 700 home runs. He finished second all-time in runs batted in. College basketball action from yesterday. Southeast Missouri State destroyed William Woods 87-49. Today, Southern Illinois goes up against California Baptist in the SoCal Challenge. Chicago Bulls will try to get a winning streak going when they visit the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Chicago snapped a four-game losing streak by beating Boston 121-107 on Monday night. Blues are in 11th place in the Eastern Conference with a 7-10 record. Meanwhile, the Bucks are in second place in the conference at 12-4. Tonight's game tips off at 7 o'clock. The Chicago Blackhawks look to put an end to their four-game losing streak when they visit the Dallas Stars at American Airlines Center this evening. Chicago 7th place in the Central Division with 15 points. Welcome back to 
the starting lineup. So glad you're with us here. Let's take a look at the college football playoff rankings. They were released last night. We had two teams drop out. Two teams entered the rankings. Oklahoma State fell from number 22 out of the rankings. NC State fell from number 24 out of the rankings. And in their place, Louisville slides in at number 25. And Texas rejoins the rankings at number 23. Teams that fell, Old Miss fell all the way to 20. They dropped six spots, so any chance they may have had has gone by the wayside for sure. North Carolina fell four spots to 17th. Uh, Utah fell four spots as well with their loss. They fell to 14th. And the big loser was Tennessee. They fell to 10th. They dropped five spots. So the top four remain the same. It's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. But that fifth spot to me is the interesting one. That's where we find LSU. I thought for sure USC would sneak above LSU based on USC getting the win over UCLA, but LSU still hanging tough there at number five. They're just waiting. They're hoping to get something to fall. Now, they do have Texas A&M this week, and then, of course, they got the big showdown with Georgia coming up on December 3rd, and that'll be for the SEC championship game. So you know that they're just holding out hope that they can just stay at five until that game, and then maybe pull off the upset. But to me, I don't know how you're going to keep USC out. Uh, now, they do have a big, big, big matchup this week against Notre Dame. That will be in this evening, or Saturday evening, I should say, at 6.30 p.m. We'll actually have it right here on 98.9, the game as well. So we're definitely going to be looking out for that one because we know Ohio State, Michigan, they take on each other this weekend. We know one of the two of them is going to lose. Does it knock them out of the top four? I think if USC beats Notre Dame, yes, I would I would put USC. I, I would do Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, USC would, would be my five um, or four, I should say. And then uh, I'd have LSU at five still because of the competition they're facing this weekend. Georgia, who do they have this weekend? They got Georgia Tech. That should be a pretty easy game for Georgia. They should take care of it um, at this point. It's Georgia. Uh, favored by 35 and a half. So yeah, uh, Georgia Tech, five and six on the season. That shouldn't be much of a problem for Georgia. So I see them staying at one this week uh, after this week's over. And then TCU, they got Iowa State this weekend. They are favored by 10 points is TCU. So maybe a little bit of a, a game there possibly, but Ohio State's four and seven on the season. I don't see that being much of a game at all for TCU. But the, the issue is going to be who is TCU going to end up facing in that conference championship. I think for them it's better if they face Texas as opposed to Kansas State. I know Kansas State 8-3. and three, They're 12th in that college football polls. But Texas is the bigger name. Sorry, Kansas State. Sorry. It, you know, it... <sighs> It just is. Texas is the bigger name than Kansas State, so I think a win uh, for TCU over Texas would definitely look a lot better than a win over Kansas State again. They already beat Kansas State 38-28 to when Kansas State was ranked 17th. They beat Texas 17-10 to when Texas was ranked 18th. So um, you can't say that TCU hasn't faced teams. I mean, Oklahoma was ranked when they beat them handily. Kansas was ranked when they beat them by 7. Oklahoma State was ranked when they beat them by 3. Um, you know, so... You can't say TCU is not facing good competition. They are, and I think that'll definitely help them. But uh, this week, all four of the top four, like we said, went undefeated. Their combined, though, 26-point margin of victory is the lowest 
Yes, it's the 15th week in the college football playoff era in which all top four teams won, but this week was the lowest margin of victory. Before this, it was all the way back in 2017 when the uh, point margin was 46 points, so some 20 points lower. So, I again, uh, uh, you know, th- those top four barely escaped. Um, you know, and if it wasn't for Ohio State scoring that defensive touchdown with nine seconds left, that number would be a little bit lower even uh, as well. As, you know, we talked about Illinois putting up the fight against Michigan. TCU had to use that field goal in order to beat Baylor. And then Georgia uh, beat Kentucky there by 10. So it was a weird week for the top four, for sure. Uh, USC, as we mentioned, they beat ranked UCLA. They did not leap over LSU as the Tigers continue to be ranked fifth. With two weeks still of final rankings, LSU is tied for the second highest ranking for a two-loss team. The only two-loss team with a higher rank at this point in the season or later was Auburn in 2017 when they ranked second. So uh, two other teams I think to keep an eye on. One loss, Clemson, comes in at eight. They have South Carolina and UNC in the ACC championship game left ahead. Alabama is seventh, but it can't win the SEC. Now they still have a 13% chance of making the college football playoff, but there would have to be so much craziness to happen in order for Alabama to make it. I I just don't I don't see that possible. To me, I've I've said it here. I'll I'll say it again. I think it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Ohio State or Michigan. Whoever wins that game, it's going to be TCU, and it's going to be USC. To me, those are the four teams that will be in the college football playoffs. Now, can LSU upset the apple cart with a win over Georgia? Yes, they can. But a two-loss team getting in is very, very hard. But I think a two-loss SEC champion in LSU would definitely get in. The problem is, is that who falls out? And where do you put the loser of Ohio State-Michigan? Um, that's another interesting question you have to have is where does that loser go? If that's their only loss, if that's their only loss of the season, where do you put them? I think if you have undefeated Georgia, and let's say Georgia wins the SEC championship, and an undefeated Big Ten champion, and let's just say for argument's sake here, Ohio State, and undefeated Big 12 champion TCU. That's three of your four taken up. So where does that put, again, in this exercise, a one-loss Michigan team? Where does that put a, it would be three losses for LSU at this point, so I think they'd be out. I don't think, I don't think three losses can get LSU in. Where would you put a one-loss USC, and where would you put a one-loss Clemson? To me, those are the arguments. Those those are going to be the three teams with arguments. Michigan with one loss. <coughs> Excuse me. USC with one loss in a conference title. And Clemson with one loss in a conference title. Because, you know, we've heard from the selection committee that, hey, conference championships matter. Conference championships still matter. Well, show us. Because to me, I, I think, you know, these, you know, Ohio State, Michigan are going to play each other, but that does not mean that they're going to play each other out of this game, out of being in it. I, I do think that there is a way that both those teams can make it. Um, I just, to me, to me, I think there's there's a chance that you know a a Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses that game, can still make it. Um, but they would need USC to lose. I think, and then you need LSU to lose to Georgia in that opening game. And LSU, if you forgot, lost to Florida State to begin the year by one, and then they lost to Tennessee, and Tennessee has fallen off the map. They could have, if they just got a win this week, they would still, I think, be sitting in the catbird seat. I think they'd be 
in great position, but instead they laid a big fat egg at South Carolina, losing 63 to 38. That really didn't any chance they have of making the college football playoffs because there was a way that they could have made it, you know, if things fell the way that they they could have. Um, but unfortunately, because they were fifth, they were right there. They were ahead of LSU. They were ahead of USC. They were ahead of Alabama entering last week. Now, the loss puts them behind all those teams as well as Oregon. Um, So, Tennessee, best of luck to you. But uh, you were a fun story at the beginning of the year, but it will not pay off for the Volunteers this year. You will not be going to the college football playoffs. Again, I think it will be Georgia. It will be Ohio State. It will be or Michigan, whoever wins that game. It will be TCU. I think you can almost lock those in. I'm not saying to to you know put your house on it or anything, but I I think you can lock those three teams in, Georgia, TCU, and the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. That fourth spot to me is going to be the interesting one. Is it a USC? Does USC is their resume strong enough? Who have they beaten? Uh, UCLA. If they get the win over Notre Dame this Saturday, that would definitely help. <coughs> Excuse me. It would definitely help if they beat Notre Dame, but their only ranked win was against UCLA. They lost to Utah when Utah was ranked. Uh, granted, it was a one-point loss, but if you're telling me to look at the resumes of, of LSU, USC, and Clemson, um, to me, I would probably go, man, I would almost have to go LSU. I, I would almost have to go LSU. Now, their strength is schedule is a little bit uh, in the middle. Clemson's is sixth, LSU's eighth, USC's ninth. Uh, Clem- uh, Clemson's two and one against top twenty-five. USC's two and one against top twenty-five. But uh, LSU is two and two. But their big win was against number seven Alabama. That's a huge win, huge win. Um, and they still have a matchup with Georgia. Now, obviously, a loss to Georgia will put LSU on the outside looking in. So then I think you're looking at between USC and Clemson. Who would you put in there? And looking at it, I I think I would I would go Clemson. I would probably go Clemson. Uh, sixth highest strength of schedule. Both teams are 2-1 and one against the top 25, but Clemson's win is a little bit more impressive against number 16 FSU as opposed to USC's number 18 UCLA. But again, Clemson's got South Carolina this week who just got done throttling Tennessee. So a Clemson loss, I think they're out. That leaves us with USC who's got number 15 Notre Dame. And a loss to Notre Dame, I think they're out. So who gets in? I love playing doomsday scenarios. I just, I absolutely love it. So let's say, let's say Georgia wins out, wins the championship. We'll say that... Ohio State, well, I'll say Michigan won because last time I said Ohio State won. So I'll say Michigan wins this time. TCU wins out. That's three spots taken out. So who's going to get that fourth spot? Is it going to be a one-loss Ohio State? If LSU, USC, and Clemson all lose, whether that be this week or conference championship week, LSU with three losses not getting in. I don't think USC with two losses is getting in. I don't think Clemson with two losses getting in because their conferences aren't strong enough to support them. So then I think it would almost have to be the loser of Ohio State-Michigan in this exercise. We'll say Michigan or Ohio State. And could possibly Alabama sneak in? They're at seven. Don't tell me Alabama's going to sneak their way into this. 
But there's if they take care of Auburn this weekend, I I think that there may be a chance for Alabama to get in. And I hate saying that. I hate saying that. I'd much rather Tennessee get in. But that loss to South Carolina, I can't put Tennessee over Alabama, even though Tennessee beat Alabama head-to-head. Can't do it. The other one that possibly may be sitting okay would be Oregon. You know, Oregon's got wins over UCLA. They got wins over BYU. They they did get throttled by Georgia week one, 49-30. But they beat BYU when they were ranked 41-20. They beat UCLA 45-30. You know, their second loss was to Washington, but they just beat Utah and they got ranked Oregon State this weekend. So are we all overlook are we all overlooking Oregon? Could Oregon possibly get in, especially if they beat UCLA in the or US, USC, excuse me, in the conference championship game? I think Oregon would get in. I really do. I, I think if you're telling me USC or Oregon, which one of the two am I picking? If they each have a 10-2 and two record. Which one am I picking? I'd probably pick Oregon. Because Oregon's wins, I think, are better. The teams they've beaten have been better teams than USC. Would I put them in over Alabama? I don't know. So I think these final couple of weeks of the college football playoff, as much as we all have Georgia locked in, and I think they are, and as much as we have TCU locked in, and the winner of Ohio State-Michigan locked in. I I do think there's still a lot of intrigue left in this season as far as looking and seeing what they have left, who's positioning who, and who's going to end up being the ones in the catbird seat, who's going to be the ones taking uh, advantage of possibly other teams' stumbles or falls. I think you have to be in the top 10 at this point, to have any sort of chance. I'm saying remote possibility. You have to be in the top 10 right now. If you're not in the top 10, you're not getting in. The only, I don't think they have enough games. I was going to say the only exception I would say maybe Notre Dame, but that Marshall loss and that Stanford loss does them in. Even though, yes, they beat Clemson handedly. They beat Syracuse when they were ranked. And if they beat USC this weekend, I mean, that right there would be four wins against ranked teams but I don't think they have enough games. I, I Again, this is where I think them not having a conference championship really does them in. They're certainly in 15th right now. I don't think a three-loss team gets in. Sorry, not going to happen. <coughs> They'll take a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan without a conference championship over a three-loss Notre Dame, no conference. Easily. Easily. So that's where we're looking at at the, uh, the college football playoffs. And again, it just makes you wish that maybe we would expand to eight. Um and because then you have intrigue, it would be, you know, Oregon, Tennessee, Penn State, Kansas State, Washington, all kind of in that, you know, bubble of who do you put where and, and who makes it and who doesn't. And that's where I think a team like Notre Dame would be would be great if they could beat USC this weekend. They're they're basically just going to play spoilers this weekend. And if if USC goes down this weekend and let's say Clemson falls to South Carolina, who is playing better football recently. Man, uh, again, I think Alabama's sitting there going, hey, how you doing? And then they're waiting for LSU to fall. And LSU has that matchup with Georgia. If LSU falls, I think Alabama's going to be the one. 
unfortunately, the SEC, that's just what it is. That's just what it is, folks. And we have to just accept that for right now. That the SEC will always have precedence when it comes to college football over any other conference. It's not right. It's not fair. I'm telling you. It's not. But it, it's true. It's name value and it's who's watching the games. And SEC fans are going to watch more than any other conference. Any other conference. Look at the numbers. It doesn't matter. People watch SEC football. A lot of them. And that's what they want. So if you're telling me that I could possibly have Alabama-Georgia in the first round, do I think it'll be a great game? No, I think Georgia will probably win. But they would they would take that. They would take that for sure. For sure they would. So the one team that I think everyone, uh, if you're on the business side of the college football playoffs, is going, why are you there, is TCU. Because TCU is not a name in the Big 12, let's be honest, is not a strong Power 5 conference. It's still a Power 5. But it's not what it used to be. And so TCU being there over a USC or a Notre Dame or an Alabama or an LSU is probably making the business makers, you know, the decision makers behind the scenes going, why? Get out of there. You're ruining it. Because they would love, if they could right now, I'm sure they would love Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. That would be the four. That would be pretty good for, for TV ratings probably. But that's not going to happen because Ohio State and Michigan play each other this weekend. So, uh, But that's uh, my look at the uh, the college football playoff standings. And, uh, yeah, it, again, I still think we got a lot, of interesting, uh, a lot of interesting things to happen here in the next couple of weeks as far as this goes. So we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But shaking out next on the starting lineup, we are going to take a look at some NBA and NHL action from last night. You're listening to the starting lineup right here on 98.9 The Game. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. It's finally deer season, and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate, so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats for quality and convenience meat tradition. The year-end Toyotathon sales event is going on now at Dan Heck Toyota in Effingham. And although our lot is not full of Toyotas, we have several in stock and more coming in daily. Tough Tacoma trucks, award-winning Highlanders, economical RAV4, and the best-selling Camry sedan, for example, all ready for immediate delivery. Get your new Toyota now and save during Toyotathon at Dan Heck Toyota, South Route 45 in Effingham, or danheck.com online. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. (laughs) Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. CSX Transportation is an industry leader on the move. The railroad company has immediate openings for freight train conductors. Join the CSX team and start your paid-on-the-job training today, earning nearly $25 per hour with no degree required. 
If you're safety focused with a passion for great service, you've got what it takes to move your career forward at CSX. Apply at CSX.com slash careers. That's CSX.com slash careers. CSX is an equal opportunity employer. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Jane doesn't mind an apartment with no elevator. Five flights of stairs is five flights of cardio. Bob is a little less enthusiastic about stairs. I hate stairs. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle renters and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Jane and Bob found an apartment that's a four-story walk-up. And Bob? Yeah, there's a freight elevator she doesn't know about. What were you talking about? Oh, uh, nothing. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. Need assistance with door and window projects? The Home Depot can help. From inspiration and materials to ordering and installation, our free Millwork virtual apron service can get you moving and doing. Plus, we speak Spanish too. Our associates can help you tackle complex jobs without you leaving the job site, saving you time and money. Call us at 1-833-HD-APRON or visit homedepot.com MVA. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And now, the the number one for me what was the best thing that I saw in sports this weekend. That was on Saturday, hole number fourteen at Oakland Golf Course from a one hundred and one yards out. Uh, Eric Fry with a nine iron sticks one within two feet of the cup, and it was a heck of a golf shot. And it was the best thing I saw in sports this weekend. And now. Feel my moment. thunder. <laughs> Come on, man. Let me gloat about myself. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back into the starting lineup. Eric Fry still hanging out here with you for a little bit longer on 98.9 The Game. So let's get you caught up on some other action that happened last night. Well, I want to start actually with yesterday. Since Travis isn't here, we're going to make a little change in plans. And we're going to go World Cup. And we're going Saudi Arabia with the big come-from-behind win to defeat Argentina 2-1 to in one of the most shocking results in recent FIFA World Cup history. Saudi Arabia yesterday closed as a 2,500 underdog to win per odds portal that result is the biggest upset at the fifa world cup since at least 2006 let me tell you some of the other upsets that have happened since 2010 in nhl earlier this year coyotes defeat the avalanche they were plus 425 in mlb 2019 the tigers beat the astros plus 440 in nfl it was the jets who beat the rams back in 2020 plus 803 In the UFC, back in 2015, Holly Holmes defeated Ronda Rousey, ended Ronda Rousey's dominant streak. She was only plus 870. Back in 2016, the Lakers defeated the Warriors. They were plus 2352. That's 2352. (coughs) And then you have this World Cup result of Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, plus 2500. Uh, the biggest upsets recently, men's college basketball, when NJIT defeated at Michigan back in 2014, plus 7,500. And at college football, we had Idaho State defeating Nevada uh, and Liberty defeated Baylor both back in 2017. Both of those were plus 7,500. With the loss, Argentina's 36-game unbeaten streak came to an end. It was one shy of tying the longest such streak in men's national history. That distinction goes to the 2018-2021 to Italy team. It was also Argentina's first loss in the FIFA World Cup match in which they led at halftime since the 1930 finals. Yeah. 
that's not good. So congratulations there. Excuse me, to Saudi Arabia picking up that win there. All right, let's move to the hardwood real quickly as results from last night in the NBA. Kings got the win over the Grizzlies, 113-109. to DeAndre Fox had 32 points. John Morant put in 34, but it wasn't enough for the Grizzlies, who fall to 10-8. and The Pistons got a little bit of an upset win over the Nuggets, 110-108. to Bogdanovich had 22 points for Detroit. Jokic had 31 points and 10 assists, but it wasn't quite enough as the Nuggets got the win. The Suns defeated the Lakers. Lakers, Lakers are trash. Uh, 115-105. Anthony Davis had 37 points, 21 rebounds. Still not enough. Why? Because Mikel Bridges had 25 points. That's right. That's right. Anthony Davis, you're losing to Bridges. Get out of here, L.A. And finally, it was the 76ers beating the Nets in Ben Simmons' return to Philly. He did put up 11 points and 11 assists, but it was the 76ers getting the 115-106 lead. And the Nets, you are also kind of garbage because you lost to a 76ers team that doesn't have uh, James Harden, that doesn't have Joel Embiid on the floor right now. You lost by giving up 22 points to Anthony Melton and 16 points to Shake Milton, as well as 24 points to Tobias Harris. Yeah, that's who beat you. You also gave up... Uh, 19 points off the bench to Paul Reed. Get out of here, Brooklyn. You are trash as well. Brooklyn and the Lakers, both of you are trash. See you later. Action going on tonight. 76ers will be in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. Trailblazers will take on the Cavs. Timberwolves travel to Indy to take on the Pacers. Kings and Hawks. The Mavericks take on the Celtics. So Doncic will take on the 13-4 and Celtics. <coughs> The Wizards will take on the Heat, Nets, and Raptors. See if Brooklyn can turn it around north of the border. The Bulls will take on the Bucks, as we said. Nuggets and Thunder, Pelicans, Spurs, Pistons, and Jazz. And then your nightcap, it will be the Clippers and the Warriors. Once a decent game there. That game will be on ESPN. Uh, so will the Mavericks and Celtics. That will be on ESPN as well. All right, let's head to the ice for a little bit for something on ice. As action from last night. <coughs> Excuse me. Sabres beat the Canadians 7 to 2 as they got three goals in the first, three goals in the third, and that'll just about do it. So Sabres are 8 and 11, and the Rangers got the win over the Kings 5 to 3. Action going on tonight in the NHL. Blues will take on the Sabres, Coyotes will take on the Hurricanes, uh, the Canadians will travel to Columbus take on the Blue Jackets, Predators take on the Red Wings, Bruins at 17 and 2 will take on the Panthers as well as the Jets and Wild will square off the Maple Leafs and the Devils. Devils 16 and 3 on the season. Got that big winning streak going. They'll try and keep it intact tonight. Flames take on the Penguins, Oilers take on the Islanders, Flyers Capitals, Blackhawks, Stars, Ducks host the Rangers, Canadian or Canucks head to Colorado take on the Avalanche, Sharks and my Kraken. Hey, Kraken, 10-5 and 3 on the season. And the Senators will take on the Golden Knights, who are 15-4 and 1 on the year. And that is a look at your hockey for the evening. Coming up, well, it is Barton Hahn on the way next, but on the starting lineup podcast, we'll take a look at those NFL games for tomorrow, as well as maybe have a little bit of entertainment on them as well. Plus, get you caught up on anything we did not get to yet in Sports Center. That is all on the way here, coming up on the starting lineup podcast. But up next, it's Barton Hahn. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and a happy Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening to The Starting Lineup on 98.9 The Game.
welcome into overtime here on the starting lineup as let's get that uh, rest of your sports center update for you. Kicking things off, then we'll look at those NFL games and maybe have a little bit of entertainment forum for you for tomorrow as well as we'll look and see if we have anything fun on this day in sports history. That is all on the way, but right now let's get to that Sports Center. Illinois Fighting Illini are adding some talent to their 2024 recruiting class. Three-star offensive lineman Brandon Henson announced his commitment to the football program yesterday. The in-state recruit chose the Illini over the likes of Toledo and Central Michigan. Illinois was Henson's first Power 5 offer. The Arizona Cardinals are firing assistant coach Sean Kugler after an incident in Mexico City. The team was there to take on the 49ers Monday night and ultimately lost 38-10. Tuesday announced that Kugler would be fired effective immediately. The details of the incident uh, were unclear, but it came out that it was for um, basically uh, groping a woman there in Mexico City. So uh, not good at all. All so uh, Mexican authorities were notified of the incident, which happened Sunday night, then informed the Cardinals who terminated uh, Kogel and sent him back to Arizona on a flight Monday morning. So he wasn't even there. Uh, the Cardinals arrived in Mexico City on Saturday. Uh, he is the second Cardinals assistant coach to be accused of assaulting a woman this year. His former running backs coach James Sexton turned himself into Indiana police after assaulting a woman in her Indianapolis home. He's given a sentence in October of one year in jail, which was suspended and given one year of probation. Saxon kept his job with the Cardinals until his arrest became public August 4th. When he's put on administrative leave, he resigned in October. So there you go with that other sports center news for you. The NFL is announcing the Modern Era Hall of Fame semifinalists for the class of 2023. Among those eligible for election include Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Steve Smith, Joe Thomas, and Heinz Ward. Others listed include Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wolfert, and Robert Mathis. You are have a start of a great football team with all those players right there. The 2023 class will be announced live on the NFL Honors Show on February 9th. Another quarterback change is coming to the Carolina Panthers. Head coach Steve Wilkes announced Tuesday that Sam Darnold will be the starter for Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. P.J. Walker still dealing with his high ankle sprain while Baker Mayfield threw two late interceptions during the team's 13-3 loss to the Baltimore Ravens last Sunday. Panthers are 1-5 this season in games that Mayfield has started. Darnold was also dealing with an ankle sprain he suffered during the preseason. Quarterback went 4-7 and seven last year while throwing nine touchdowns and 13 interceptions. The Rams are making a surprise change to their backfield. Los Angeles releases state stating that running back Darrell Henderson Jr. was being released. Henderson had played a limited role in Sunday's loss to the Saints, and head coach Sean McVay said that came after the tailback, quote, felt a little something in his knee, end quote, during pregame drills. The former third-round draft pick led the Rams with 283 rushing yards and three touchdowns this season. Los Angeles is expected to turn to Cam Akers and rookie Karen Williams in the backfield going forward. Cleveland police say someone jumped a fence and damaged First Energy Stadium with a golf cart on Tuesday. Can't make this up. Only in Cleveland, right? Authorities say it appears the suspect broke in early in the morning and used the cart to rip up several sections of the field. Cleveland Browns officials say the damage isn't considered serious and the field will be ready for the team's game this weekend. The 3-7 and seven Browns host the 5-5 five and five Buccaneers Sunday afternoon. The Commanders will be honoring one of its greatest players of his generation before their Week 12 battle with the Atlanta Falcons. Washington announced they will reveal a Sean Taylor Memorial installation at FedEx Field before Sunday's game. Taylor passed away November 27, 2007, exactly 15 years from this weekend's game after being killed during a home invasion. In a press release from the team, the Commanders are honoring, quote, one of the greats in his legacy by unveiling a permanent installation so his memory will always be with them. 
when they take the field on game day. In nearly four seasons with Washington, Taylor recorded 12 interceptions, forced eight fumbles, and tallied 305 sacks. The New Jersey Devils are looking to break a franchise record for consecutive wins tonight. The Devils beat the Edmonton Oilers on Monday for their 13th straight win, tying a team record set back in 2001. The Devils can set a new record when they play the Toronto Leafs tonight at home. The most consecutive wins ever by an NHL team is 17 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Already mentioned that Albert Pujols won the National League Comeback Player of the Year, but Justin Verlander took home the honors in the American League side just a week after winning the Cy Young Award. He led the AL in several categories, including wins with 18 and ERA with 1.75. And the Philadelphia Phillies are extending their president of baseball operations. The Phillies announced that Dave Dombrowski has been given a three-year deal, which will keep him in Philly through the 2027 season. He originally joined the team in 2020 offseason, became the franchise's first president of baseball operations. Phillies finished last year with an 87-75 record and advanced the World Series after making the postseason as a wild card team. <coughs> and that is your Sports Center update. All right, let's look at NFL games for your Thanksgiving tomorrow. First, we kick things off on CBS. It'll be the Bills traveling to Detroit, take on the Lions. Bills favored by nine and a half in that game. That game can be found on CBS. On Fox, it'll be the Giants heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by nine and a half in that one. And the nightcap, Patriots and Vikings. Minnesota favored by two and a half points in that one. If you had to ask me if you wanted me to make some entertainment picks for you on these games, I would go Bills minus nine and a half. I'd go Giants plus nine and a half. And I'd go Vikings minus two and a half. I don't know, that 9.5 for Dallas scares me a little bit. Giants haven't been great, but the Cowboys have streaky times. Now, they looked great and amazing against Minnesota this past weekend, but a short week, mm, we'll see how it goes for Dallas. Other games going on on Sunday, Bucks will head to Cleveland take on the Browns. Bengals will take on the Titans. Uh, the Texans will head to Miami take on the Dolphins. The Bears will take on the Jets, and there's a lot of turmoil around that Jets team. Zach Wilson has been announced that he will not be starting for the Jets this week. Don't know the status of Justin Fields yet either for the Bears. Uh, so that one currently Jets minus four and a half, but watch that line to move. Falcons will head to Washington, take on the Commanders. Broncos will take on the Panthers. The Ravens will head to Jacksonville, take on the Jags. Cardinals will host the Chargers. It'll be the Seahawks hosting the Raiders. Rams at three and seven. I can't believe the Rams are three and seven. They'll head to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, which won't be an easy task. The Saints at four and seven head to the San Francisco, take on the 49ers. And in your Sunday night football, it'll be Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers heading to Philly to take on the Eagles. And Monday night, it'll be the Steelers at the Colts. That's right, Colts. Monday night football. We'll get you all that action coming up this weekend. We'll recap Thursday's games on Friday. We'll recap the rest on Monday. We'll recap the Colts on Tuesday. All right, let's look at this week in uh, sports history, and then we'll get out of here. First for November 21st, the Denver Nuggets call up Chris Anderson from Fayetteville Patriots, making the Birdman the first D-League player to ever be called up. That was in 2001. In 2004, November 21st, Curtis Martin of the Jets joins Hall of Famer Barry Sanders as the only players in history to begin their careers with 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. November 22nd, 1950, the Fort Wayne Pistons beat the Minneapolis Lakers 19-18 in the lowest-scoring game in NBA history. Oh, that would be so not fun to watch. 
November 22nd, 1986, Mike Tyson, at just 20 years old, becomes the youngest fighter to ever win the heavyweight title. He defeated Trevor Burbick by a second-round TKO. 1997, November 22nd, Michigan's Charles Woodson returns a punt for a touchdown against rival Ohio State as the top-ranked Wolverines beat the number 4 Buckeyes 20-14. Michigan was later declared national champions by the Associated Press, and Woodson went on to win the Heisman Trophy. He remains the only primary defender to ever win the award. Probably not going to happen this year either. And yesterday, November 22nd, 2012, Mark Sanchez's legendary butt fumble on Thanksgiving nights returned by Steve Gregory for a Patriots touchdown. Of course, the butt fumble in 2014 on November 22nd, one week after Wisconsin, Melvin Gordon set the FBS record for most rushing yards in a game. Oklahoma's Samanjay Perrine shattered it with 427 rushing yards against Kansas. Only three major college players have ever rushed 400 plus yards in a rushing game, and two of them occurred between November 15th and 22nd, 2014. And on this day, back in 1984, Doug Flutie's Hail Mary pass as time expired gave Boston College a stunning 45-45 win, 47-45 win over Miami. Back November 23rd, 1991, as part of a 31-3 victory over Ohio State, Michigan's Desmond Howard scored that punt return, as we said. Uh, 1991, November 23rd, Michael Jordan trolled the Kimbe Mutombo by making a free throw with his eyes closed. I remember that one. Uh, November 23rd, 1998, on Thanksgiving Day, the Lions and Steelers matchup goes to overtime. In a disputed coin toss, Jerome Bennis claims he called tails, but the referee heard heads, awards Detroit the toss. The Lions would go on to win the game, starting a season-ending five-game losing streak for the Steelers. On this day back in 2007, Arkansas upended number 1 LSU 50-48 in a wild triple overtime affair. In the third OT, Kansas scored on a Peyton Hillis run, then followed with a Felix Jones two-point conversion run. LSU then scored but failed on a two-point conversion. It was LSU's second loss of the season, but the Tigers took advantage of the wild final few weeks of the season to claim the BCS National Championship. On this day back in 2008, Baltimore's Ed Reed has a 107-yard interception return for a touchdown against Philadelphia. The longest interception Interception return touchdown in NFL history. And finally, on this day back in 2014, Odell Beckham Jr. made his famous one-handed catch against the Cowboys, part of a 10-catch, 146-yard, two-touchdown effort. And that is still the only thing he is known for, is that touchdown, that one-handed catch. And, uh, yeah, so, anyways, that is what is going on on this day in history. And I think that'll do it here for the starting lineup. Again, I want to make sure you have a great holiday weekend, a great uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. We will not be here. We will be back on Friday, though, to get your recap on everything that happens today and tomorrow. Get you all the high school results. Get you set for high school tournaments that will conclude on Friday or Saturday. Get you all set up for them as well. We'll also... uh, Check in on our pick Yeah, we'll make picks on Saturday or Friday for Saturday and Sunday's games as well. That's all coming up Friday on the starting lineup. But again, have a great Thanksgiving. Make sure you remember the reason for the season. Make sure you eat some yummy food. Make sure you enjoy time with family and friends. That's what we're going to do. So until we talk to you on Friday, peace out. Later. <laughs>